Hello, I'm Georges Collinet with another Afropop Close-Up, available when you subscribe to the Afropop Worldwide podcast and in the podcast section at afropop.org. Today, a conversation with Pedrito Martinez, part one. The triple threat percussionist, singer, dancer, musician sits down to talk with musicologist Kenneth Schweitzer and producer Ned Sublet. Take it away, Ned. Thank you, Georges. Today we've got the most special podcast I could cook up for you. We're talking with percussionist, singer, band leader, songwriter, dancer, babalao, charismatic Cuban media personality Pedrito Martinez about the sacred batadrum of Cuba's Yoruba religion, which is to say about his life. And with me today is Dr. Kenneth Schweitzer, author of The Artistry of Afro-Cuban Batadrum. From the deeply rumbero, deeply santero neighborhood of Cayo Hueso in Havana, Pedrito Martinez came to the United States in 1998, where he's pursued a stellar career. We'll also be talking about the new album by the Pedrito Martinez group, Havana Dreams, on Motema Records, for which Pedrito traveled back to Cuba to record in the famous Areito 101 studio. Full disclosure, I wrote the liner notes. What follows is part one of a two-part podcast, an edited version of our conversation. What up, what up? You made it! Oh my God, Ken! Damn! My brothers are here! How you doing? Starting with his arrival at Afropop Worldwide Hip Deep Headquarters, Studio 44 in Brooklyn. Hello, Pedrito. How you doing, my brother? Hello, Ken. How you doing, Ned? Tell me about deciding to go record in Havana. Ned, I was so happy about the relationship between Cuba and the United States. You know, I was so happy that things been kind of more flexible, more open than before. So I was waiting for that opportunity, brother. I was waiting for a long time. I was so happy to record in Cuba for many reasons. When I used to live in Cuba, I never had the opportunity to record in a Gram studios. I can mention it. Many records have been recorded there. Almost everything you grew exactly. up hearing, <laughs> I think, exactly. was recorded You're in totally there. Totally right. So it was a dream come true, you know? So many emotions. I was feeling weird, but at the same time, so happy because I was saying, wow, man, 17 years in the United States, and now I had the opportunity. And it came out so, so nice, so authentic. It's deep, it's, it's fresh, and it's real. You sound like you're at home. Yeah, yeah. We went to Cuba and everything flew, natural. People were drinking in the studio, getting drunk, smoking. It was like I was in my house. It was, I feel like I, I never left Cuba. You know what I'm saying? All my brothers, they are talking. All these brothers, friends, coming to the studio, hanging. Willie Torres, which was the co-producer and the sound engineer of the record, is from Puerto Rico. He connect right away with all the, the, the two guys that work for a Grammy studio, right away. The energy was so positive. Cuba is in a good moment. It's the eyes of the hurricane right now. Everybody want to do projects in Cuba. I saw when I went to, to Cuba like two months ago for the Rolling Stones concert. I was going to ask you about playing the Rolling Stones party. Well, it was a disaster 
in terms of organization. <laughs> it was crazy. At 3 a.m., I was in a private party with Naomi Campbell sitting right next to me and all the Rolling Stones people, family. So I said, this is unreal. Every cut on Pedrito's new album, Havana Dreams, is in a different musical style with a lot of guest stars. Angelique Kijo. Yeah, yeah. Isaac Delgado December Bueno Tell Mari Wynton Marsalis. We could have done a podcast about each track, but today we're talking about bata drums, so this is a little of the cut Encantamiento Yoruba featuring spiritual poetry by Pedrito's teacher, Roman Diaz. Ayuba. Ayuba. Mosi. Yuba. Obo. Omo. Abalanya. La Topa. La Topa, dijo el ilu. Pueblo se estremeció. Bobabure, Bobabure cantó y bailó en alabanza a la voz. Comayepo, Comayepolo, Comaguaye, Uyolofi. Pueblo se estremeció. Orula vaticinó. Ciclos comienzan, ciclos terminan. Buscando en la transformación la belleza desconocida. Y vaya tanda, ande china, y farola, adofo, y vaya aquí la agua. Sentimiento, sentimiento de libre. Libre camino. El pueblo cantó y bailó en alabanza la voz. Guerrero del bien. In the conversation that follows, Pedrito's talking about the orishas, or deities of the Yoruba religion in Cuba, each one of which has its own set of rhythms. In particular, he's talking about Elegua, often represented as a mischievous child, the guardian of the crossroads, who is Pedrito Santo. And he's talking about Urula, the guardian of the oracle, and Chango, who is the owner of the bata drums that Pedrito plays. You'll also hear the word babalao, which means a ritual expert who has studied for years, been properly initiated, and can perform divination. Can you tell me what you're doing in that track? 
Ken was saying before, well, yeah, I was listening to the Bata and it's changing very fast. Yeah, yeah, we did something very unusual. Mm -hmm. We played the whole repertory of Eleguada, you know, mm -hmm. but and then I moved to Orula. Why I pick these three so Richard? I pick Elegua, Orula, and Chango. Elegua because it's the rich I have crowned. Orula because I'm a Babalawo. And Chango because it's the king of this music. So, Roman came out with a poetry talking about each part, each deity, each of Richard. And Roman is a genius. He just start writing it, bring it to the studio, two times, bam, it fit perfect. Roman wrote the poem for this, created oh, yeah. it for this. Oh, yeah. I just got to interject on that. It's, you listen to that the track for a couple of seconds, and and you think it's um, typical folkloric bata with some song, and then you you listen to it a little bit longer, and you realize no, there's something. There's something going on in here, and then to hear you talk about it, the, the, the level of artistic and creative thought with traditional materials in front of you that yeah. you're unfolding you know, in such a creative I way. I definitely think, Ken, that when Roman and I are together, there's a, a special magic going on, a special spirituality, and the deepest thing in, in that area. People that know Roman and I, they understand what's going on. Roman and I have been together for so many years. We've been playing together for so many years. And um, every time we get together for any project, it's like a, like a flower opening, you know, because I feel very comfortable with him. I identify myself a lot with Roman. And he's one of my mentors, he's my, my godfather three times. So he got me initiated three times. Three times? Yeah, Abacua, Tambor. He's one that put Elegua in my head. He crowned me Elegua. So it's deep. The relation, the connection I have with Roman. Now I remember you from Yoruban Davo, don't I? Yeah, I used to sing and play Bata in Yoruban Davo. When was that? What years? That ago? was 1996. Roman was the one who brought me to Yoruban Davo. I was very young. How long do you know Roman? I know Roman since 1991. He had a ceremony nearby my house in Central Havana. And the singers didn't show up. And all the tamboleros were going crazy. Who are we gonna call to sing the tambor? Full of people, you know, a lot of people in there. Roman wasn't, you know, in a big trouble. And then Chinchilla, one of the tamboleros that used to play with Roman, told him, you know, you should get this kid. He lives right on, on front of Parque Trio. He sings very good. And then Roman told me that he said, no man, he's too young, he had no experience. They don't behave. Those kind of kids, you know, you, you <laughs> cannot trust them. And then, you know, the time was running and people were saying, what is going on? We need a singer here. So, you know, they decided to go to my house and bring me to the tambor. I started singing and he said, wow, man, it was like a magic thing. You know, you grabbed my heart that day and that's it. So, Roman brought you into Yoruban Dabo. Yeah, Roman actually brought me into the religious. You know, I always loved Santeria and all that. In my house, we grew up with that. So, you know, when I went to the street and I started learning about that, one of my mentors was Roman. You know, as soon as I started playing with Roman, he said, you need to get initiated. You need to be Abacua, you need to be Mason. He was the one who pushed me. I'm just curious, like musically, what you learned from Roman? Well, you know, the very first thing 
I learned from Roman was the experience and the knowledge that he have talking. You know, he is someone that know how to talk, how to teach, how to explain to you about life, about music. And not a lot of great musicians have that. You know, that's a particular quality that Roman has. He know how to talk. He, he expresses himself very well. He's very eloquent when he talk about something that he really know. And Roman is one of those rumberos, you know. He'd been there for a long time. He used to hang and learn from the best, Pancho Quinto, Jesus Perez. So, you know, he was surrounded with the cats, you know. So um, when he brought me to his house to start teaching me the dialect of Abacua, you know, the songs, the rhythms and all that, he was so patient. But at the same time, he saw talent on me, you know. So, oh, wow, this kid is young, but he had the potential. He became like my father, you know, we used to hang every day, every day. I absorbed his experience, not just playing. He was talking about another subject and I was listening all the time. He had so many histories about all the tamboleros that were not for my generation, you know? Did you get to meet some of the? Yeah, I met a lot of them. The older oh, tamboleros, yeah. like? Yeah, I met Andres Chacon, Mario Spirina, um, Regino Jimenez, my other godfather, uh, Bolaños, I played with Mercedes Valdez, singer. I met Lazaro Ross. I played with Lazaro Ross. I played with a lot of greatest tamboleros. Alberto Villarreal from Conjunto Folklorico Nacional. Many. Singing was your first time in a tambor. You were a singer, right? Actually, not. No. Um, the very first thing I did when I was, before I met Roman, there's a friend that I have in my neighborhood. His name is Irakli, great singer. He grew up listening to a lot of folklore. So when I decided to not go to school no more, because I didn't like the school, my mom was constantly telling me, you need to do something with your life. You know, you cannot be a delinquent. You cannot be in the street trying to do something wrong, you know? And then he saw me at downstairs at my house with my arm crossed like that. And he passed with a lot of instruments, congas, checkers. And he said, I'm going to rehearse on the Garcia Loca Theater. Do you want to join me? You do want to, you like music? I said, yeah, I love music. That was the very first thing I did. I played the Wataka, which is a, like a cover. I was scared because I was playing Palo. So in that, in that genre of music, you have to play the, that cover very fast. So they were playing that so fast that it, that was the very first time I played a percussion instrument. I was so scared, man. How old were you? I was 16. In my house, I always listened to music. My mom used to sing. One of my uncles used to play with Fajardo. So, Conga, play Antonio Nico. So, in my house, I grew up with a lot of music. But, you know, when I was 11, I already know the clave, not some patterns, but I was not professional. I, don't, I never had experience playing with people on, on the street. That was the very first time I played. So after that, you know, I started getting interested in the music. I started playing checkere a lot in guido ceremonies until I met Roman. So when I met Roman, I have ideas, but not any idea of what were the steps and how to get deeper into the religion, onto the Batapanus. So before I met Roman even, I met Pupi, the dancer. 
Pupinsua. Pupinsua. You know, I live right at the corner of Pupinsua in Cayo Hueso. So Pupi brought me to Casa de Africa in Havana Vieja. You know, I love singing, playing, and dancing because Pupi. Pupi always tell me when I was young, you know, when I was in his group, you need to play, sing, and dance at the same time. You need to be a virtuoso, not just the best sambolero, the best singer. You need to be the best on the three, those three things. So I grew up playing and singing. It's something natural on my system already. So I don't feel comfortable if I just sing or I just play. I need to sing and play. So, you know, that was something that Poopy told me to learn. So um, it was great. When I left Poopy's group, I went to Roman world. So I was prepared. What about Pancho Quinto? Pancho Quinto was the one that did the ceremony for me as a tambolero. I did the ceremony in Pancho Quinto's house. So Pancho Quinto was another, another mentor for me. When I got in the United States, when I stayed here in 1998, I came with Pancho Quinto. That's when you met Pedrito, right? Pedrito, I met Pancho Quinto. When you were working with Jane Bonnet? Yeah. How did you connect with Jane? Jane saw me playing at the Jazz Plaza Festival in Vedado. I was young, I was playing with Pancho. And everybody was just impressed with what we were doing. She saw me performing there with Pancho and she said, I would like to bring this group with Hilario Duran and other musicians to a tour in Canada and uh, United States. And she did it. She did it. It was a beautiful experience. I own a lot to, to Jen Bonet. She's a, an amazing human being. She's a great musician. I learned with her a lot too. And she was the one who gave me the opportunity to get out of Cuba. When I was desperate to get out of Cuba, she was the one who gave me the opportunity, and I really appreciate that. And why were you desperate to get out of Cuba? Because I was not having a good time. You know, I was frustrated. I, I want to learn new things. I want to play, continue playing music, but make some money, you know, to take care of my family, you know. And um, that was not happening. It was tough period of time for me. So, you know, I want to get out of Cuba and learn other type of music and meet people and socialize with other people. Ken studied with Pancho Quinto quite extensively. Well, I met, I met Pancho and him at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and same then time. Uh, you know, Pedro and I spent a lot of time in his early year here. And uh, my first trip to Cuba was to go see Pancho. Yeah, the same order he had from the Bata Freedoms. That's the same one I do. Because he learned from the same school I learned. So when you sit down with Pancho Quinto to learn, what happens? How did he work with you? Well, I never see with Pancho to take class because I was already hanging with Roman. And Roman is one of the students of Pancho. So, you know, when I get in Pancho Quinto's world, it was because Roman brought me there. Pancho had so much um, tricks. Tricks is the right word, yeah. Tricks. You know, Pancho was someone that was very... Like what? For example, the atopa is a pattern that you play for the oricha legua that goes... Then Pancho used to do... You, you always try to do something different to... Oh, man, I'm lost. And no, it was just the way he used to play. He was like a, a kid with a lot of energy and very virtual. He, got a, he was a virtuoso in the bata, you know? That was what all the kids were trying to get from Pancho, you know? We already know the patterns, but Pancho has other things that people didn't have. 
You said he was playing like a kid. Is that, is that what you just said? Yeah, the energy he has. Like always. a child or very yeah. playful, like a legua, which is a risha. That's the risha that he had crowned, yeah. like me. He plays. We both have a legua crown. That they did represent a kid, you know, a very hyper kid. Pancho was a hyper old guy, playing like he was 20 years old. Always playful, you know, he might man. grab your hat and throw it across the room. Yeah, he was, or, he was something, uh, man. Or stand up at a weird time or try to make you laugh while you're playing or play something back. And sometimes you don't even understand why he say, because it was something weird and deep. Pancho was something. I didn't meet Roman until 10 years after I knew Pancho. When I met Roman, I thought, this is Pancho. This is Pancho. Exactly, the way he plays Pancho. The way Roman played is Pancho. We'll be back next time with part two of a conversation with Pedrito Martinez, in which Pedrito talks about his life as a working musician in the United States. This Afropop close-up was produced by Ned Sublett and Michael Jones, with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities. To keep this series going, we need y'all to support it. Every dollar counts. If you like reports like this, and if you want to hear more, visit afropop.org and make a donation. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Ned Sub. Afropop.